This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Black Korea. I'm your host, KP. Your boy, Sheldon J. Brandy Amanda. MD. And our guest for this week. Eddie Kim. Hey. Hey. Welcome to Black Korea. First of all, I want to give a shout out to Dead End Podcast, Dead End Hip Hop. Thank you so much for hosting our podcast, Black Korea. Y'all can check them out on Instagram at Dead End Hip Hop. And they're on our website at Dead End Studios ATL. Also, check us out at Black Korea Podcast on Instagram. And shoot us an email anytime, blackkoreaatl at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from our fans and we'd love to interact with y'all. So, goodness, this week, um, first and foremost, how's everybody feeling, actually? Good, man. I'm doing good. Um, it's a blessing to be here. A couple of my friends have been diagnosed with COVID. And. Ooh. It was actually, actually, three of them have been, and all three of them spent a little time in the hospital. So two of them are home now, and the third one is he's he should be getting home soon. But they all have pneumonia, man. They, it was it was pretty rough mm-hmm. for all three of them. So I'm just thankful um, to be here. Definitely, definitely. Good. Sorry to hear that, man. That's man. COVID is out there. COVID is out. It there. is, man. It's real. And I remember not too long ago, we were doing a show where we kind of like brushed it off, all of us. Listen. Me, especially me. You know, <laughs> it, it seems like that was yesterday. Like, man, this stuff is going to blow over. It's nothing. Yeah, we knew and it was going to run away by summertime, right? Here we are. Mm-hmm. Nah, well, I, I feel like I said it was winter from the jump. I, I feel like I was on the, on the, on the winter wave. No, I mm-hmm. thought it was going to, I was like, oh, the virus can't survive heat. You know, they developed a vaccine already um, at Oxford University. They've already created a vaccine, and there's actually a number of them, and they're already starting to manufacture them. There, there'll be emergency vaccines ready by October, and they say by 2021, we should be good. And that's kind of crazy. Kind of, It's like a testament to humankind, the resiliency, kind of ingenuity. So just to see that, it's pretty insane. But... I've also seen this, like, I have a cousin who has it, and he had a headache for a day, and then tired for three days, and then he's straight, and just no, no other symptoms other than that. And oh, you I, could taste? The other side, he, he lost his taste and smell for a couple of days, but it, was, it really wasn't a big deal, and so I just thought it was, it, you know, it's, you get it, young people get it, if you're healthy, it's just nothing to be scared of, but then the flip side of it is... I've seen people who catch it and then they die a week later. So it's wow. the the spectrum is pretty insane. Ah, yeah, wear your mask, yeah. wash your damn hands. 
Wash mm-hmm. your ass. <laughs> Stay out there, COVID gym, Mike. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mike. Hey, Mike no, been going I, to the gym. I have my mask on, sir, and I wash my hands. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, don't, when, when, I don't know if I could do that. Make sure, you, make sure you don't flip that mask inside out by accident one day when you're at the gym. Oh, no, no, no. I ain't that. <laughs> I spray it with Lysol when I leave. Right. So. You spray your like, mask. Don't you mask? Don't you? you have a disposable one or a reusable mask? Reusable. Oh, okay. Like, you don't get all sweaty? Like, Oh, no, no. So what are you doing in the gym if you're not sweating? <laughs> I do sweat in the gym. Creepy, the mask creepy. is not sweaty. I'm having so a hard time. Like, I don't know. No, no, if you're not sweating. No, no, no. I wipe my, my, just, just, I wipe just my work face. Just work out at home, Mike. Yeah, but it's like right here. Yeah. Work out. Like, I would have... And when I start... Sweating right here, I wipe my face, and it doesn't get on the mask. I'm not sweating in here. I sweat everywhere, so yeah, I can't. That's I can't. It's nasty. No, we didn't need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. you know what we didn't, right, do? Eddie? Look. Eddie, tell us a little bit about yourself. That's what we didn't do. Um. Okay. So I've been in Atlanta since 1997, but I've lived all over the country, all over the world. Uh, I'm an attorney. I have a family. I have a wife. I have a four-year-old. Oh, wow. Um, I like all kinds of shit. Just, I collect cars. I love music, fashion, um, books, art, photography. I have, like, a wide range of interests. I, I get really mm-hmm. into people. Like, when people are really into something, I kind of get addicted to their their passions. If I see someone really passionate about something, I kind of like gravitate towards that. And then I get interested in what they do. So even with the podcast, like Shelton, just telling me like in the beginning, before we started, he was telling, talking about the podcast. I don't really have that much knowledge about it, but as he started telling me about it, I could sense that passion. And now it makes me like want to know more about it and try to research and get into that. That's dope, man. That's dope. Yeah. That's a great trait to have. Goodness. Just hungry for, Mm-hmm. knowledge and just keep learning man that's that's awesome and congrats with your family and everything that's that's i appreciate you and that's dope i was gonna say like to, to be a lawyer man the, the amount of dedication and drive you have to have to be a lawyer in 2020 is man it's a lot that's of work. incredible so it's a lot of work it's a lot of school um it's also a thankless job because if you think about it nobody goes to see an attorney because they're happy or they're in a great place in life they always see an attorney when shit is going wrong so you mm-hmm. just have to, you're basically dealing with other people's problems all day long and you have to set your problems aside because you can't let it affect, you know, what you're doing for your client. So it's, it is definitely a tough job, but at the same time, it's, it's gratifying because when you resolve a case and the clients feel good at the end, that's, that feels good. Um, it's provided for my family. So I'm really appreciative of the job. There's only, I think in the country, there's like a million attorneys. So it's only about Less than 1% of the population has this job. So I feel very fortunate. I feel very blessed. And I don't right. take it for granted. There's a lot of asshole attorneys out there, a lot of dickheads. They think they're God's gift to the world. But the way I, I see it, it's a service job. And that's what attorneys always forget. At the end of the day, it's service. Like Just like waiting a table. You're supposed to service your client and deliver satisfaction. You're not better than your client. You're not supposed to. You work for your client. You, the client does not work for you. And I feel like attorneys get a bad rap. Like, how many of you have, like, kind of a bad, 
connotation when you think of attorneys like greedy, slimy, you know, money hungry, mm. whatever they what they whatever they can for money. You guys don't have that connotation. I have to like over that every day. I don't. I Might know been really, but I don't. So that's and I think it might have something to do with it. Like my uncle is an attorney. I have a really good girlfriend that's an attorney. So I don't have that negative connotation. Now there are some that I don't feel that have followed through as well. Uh -huh. Um especially with you know what i feel like maybe then that's just kind of my own insecurities because i i'm always i deal with attorneys every day and i see mm -hmm. them and it's just yeah. like wow you guys are so fucked up and so i always feel kind of weird about it i guess like mm. who aren't attorneys but maybe i'm just kind of I, in my own head i was gonna say i guess it's what side of i guess it's what side of the fence you're on in the case and if you win in that case how you feel about your attorney for most <laughs> so <laughs> okay that's fair. That's yeah, fair. Yeah. yeah. I, I want like, my money and I need it now. <laughs> I deal with that Man. every single day. I want my money and I need it yesterday. That is mm -hmm. pretty much how that works. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like I used to I used to not like like lawyers and attorneys when I was younger because the first one I hired was for a speeding ticket I got. They're trying to put me on probation. Sure. And the lawyer wasn't supposed to promise me anything. But he promised me that he would get me off probation and all that. I ended up going through the the whole rigmarole and everything. Ended up on probation, so I pretty much paid him when I could have ended up doing the same thing myself. So with, rule number one: any attorney that promises you something or guarantees you something, you walk the other way because there's mm -hmm. no way anyone can predict the future. All an attorney should guarantee you is, I promise you, I'm going to bust my ass. I guarantee you, I'm going to stay on top of your case, and I'm going to see this thing through, and I'm going to stand by your side. That's, that's all you can promise. You start promising money, or you're not going to get probation, or you're going to get less time. Like, that attorney, nah. You got to stay away from that person. Because they're just trying to, trying to get paid. That's it. They're hey, like, what are you in? One more quick question on that. Is it harder to become an attorney or to be an attorney? Um, I think, man, that's a great question, actually. No one's yes. ever asked me that before. Um, shit. I think, I think it's actually, it's definitely the job is more difficult because what you start to learn is you don't know anything. That's, that's, mm. and so there's every day I'm learning something new, picking up new skill set. Becoming an attorney, I'll tell you right now, law school is not that difficult. Law school is graded on a, you're graded on a curve. So some people get A's, most people get B's and C's, some people get D's. If you try really, really hard, you can get an F. They, law school's trying to pass everybody and you're graded on a curve. So it's your, most people are gonna pass and you're gonna get your degree. The most difficult aspect is the bar exam. But the bar mm -hmm. exam is just a hazing. If you look up the stats for the Georgia bar exam, the pass rate, I think it's close to 90%. That's a lot, it's yeah. a lot of people yeah passing the bar exam. It is rigorous and it's a absolute mindfuck because you're just studying all day long, eight, nine weeks straight, 14 hours a day. But at the end of the day, if you just do what you're supposed to be doing, you're going to be graded on a curve and you're going to pass. So I would say um, getting through it is easier, but it's, the, it's that resilience. It's that determination, like not going to school, you know, making mm -hmm. it to class, taking the test. Um, and just like believing in yourself that you can get through it because you've never done anything like it before. So you're always having to wonder, do I have what it takes to, to get to the next step? So it is difficult in that sense. 
So I'm gonna have to ask for my next attorney's transcripts because I need to see if they one of those no, BCs or A. So in law school they teach you this. Now, as long as you pass. The ones that get right. A's, the ones that get A's become judges. The ones that get B's mm. become professors. The ones that get C's make money. That's what they should tell you in law school. That's it. Oh, wow. Right, that's it. So it's it's hey, not so about grade. Ask your attorney. Tell them to show you their track record. So if they're a criminal mm -hmm. defense attorney, how many people have you? How many cases have you tried? You know, if you're a personal injury mm -hmm. attorney, how much money have you recovered? Um, gotcha. At that, those are the questions to ask. Like, what's their track record of success? Mm -hmm. But you know what? New mm -hmm. people are good too. I started my practice straight out of law school. I didn't have any experience. I didn't learn from anyone. I taught myself. I'm self-taught, and I will say that even though I didn't know anything, one thing law school teaches you, they don't teach you law, they only teach you theory, uh, but they also teach you that where to find the answer. It's not about knowing the answer in your head and memorizing it. It's about, okay, when you encounter something, can you figure it out? So if you have mm. a young attorney that really wants to do a good job, they're going to do a good job for you, you know? So it's, I guess, a lot of personality too. I feel like just talking to you guys briefly, you guys are going to be able to read people well. And if you... You can read your attorney, like you can tell if they're bullshitting you or not, you know? You can tell right. the way they, they carry themselves, what their office looks like. And I don't mean like it has to be a flashy office, but you know, does it look organized? You know, mm -hmm. are they busy? Are their phones ringing? You know, just kind of have some good peripherals. And always, if you have a friend or family member, they, they recommend you, that's always the best. That's how FIFO got to me. I'm sure he was recommended to me. Gotcha. Hey, one more question. I know it's kind of off. I'm sorry, y'all, because we off the show outline, but it's interesting. <laughs> it's to me, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. You, you know, from my first meeting with Edward, our first conversation within the first five minutes, like you said, I'm good at reading. I knew what kind of person I was dealing with. You are extremely driven. And that's one of my five principles that I give my kids all the time about life. That's one of the things. Where does your drive and determination come from? Is that a part of your Korean heritage or where, where is that from? Okay, so I, I appreciate that you say that because I take pride in, in my drive and my motivation. Um, absolutely, I think culture has a lot to do with it. I come from a long line of, dad, uh, long line of sons who are not good enough for their dads, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you bring home a B, you bring home an A minus, it's not good enough. Uh, whatever you do, it's never gonna be good enough. And the kind of like it's I'm I'm older now, so I'm I'm over it. I've I've overcome these demons. My dad died when I was a teenager. And so I never got to like have that moment where he was proud of me. So I think that really kind of made me wanna just try to if I'm gonna do something, I have to be the best at it. Like yeah. if I'm gonna be a podcast guest, I gotta be the best podcast guest I can possibly be. Um, you know, and obviously my mom she she was raising me and my sister single so want to you know everyone's got the dream we'll put my mom in a house buy her a car do all of that so i would say family is absolutely like my most motivating factor but as i've kind of found you know success financially stable now i measure my success through my staff so if my staff is successful you know they're making money they're buying cars they're buying houses they're able to provide for their family and i think wow i built this company with these people and they're able to live their lives and you know attain their dreams and accomplish their goals and i see their success and i feel like okay i feel really good about what i'm doing right now mm. that's dope man i, I appreciate that because i you know 
that's one thing I pride myself on every day. I, I think about that, that very thing. Like, and similar to what you say, you know, I, I strive to make my mom proud. That's who, who I do it for because she's like that. She's very hard. Everything, you can do better. No matter what, you can do better. No matter and what. And I think that, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that gives you that, that pump to go. Like, you know, you laying down, what are you doing? You know I mean, I could, tell, so, I could tell that you were driven but just by the fact that whatever time it was, you're making a sales call. That's my life, too. I don't care yeah. what time it is. Mm-hmm. Always, business is always open. And yes. those are the types of people that are going to be successful. Like, there is no shutdown time. Like, mm-hmm. sleep in, wake up, you know. If there's a sales call, are you really going to let that sale go? Like, I'm never no. going to let that. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. No, that's real. Uh, well, thank you for sharing. You know, uh, we have a lot more questions for you. But before we get to that, let's take a quick break and then we can uh, get on to our topics. Hey. Hey. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back to Black Korea. Uh, let's see, nowadays, um, let's see, earlier we were talking about, you know, school and uh, grades. You know who got good grades in school? Uh, mm-hmm. Kanye West, he got A's and B's in school. Um, and he's had a tumultuous career from the beginning to where we are now. Um, hey, hold up. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We didn't do the round the top, round the rooms first. Oh, I thought we were. I, yeah, I thought uh, we were gonna exit because we kind of we you know introduced our guests, we talked to our guests, so it's like we're kind of. Oh, next. I thought you just said you were gonna do the um. What you I said? Right I, I would have tied it in, but we oh. went for break. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Okay, no worries. Um, good. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> we can run that back. Edit it out. Okay. All right. Welcome back to Black Korea. Um. Goodness, let's go ahead and hop into our main topic uh, right now. Who's hot? Kanye West. Uh, goodness, an amazing hip-hop artist, uh, designer, goodness, creative in every aspect. Um, and we're watching his life kind of, you know, unfold, unfold in front of us. How are y'all feeling about, goodness, all these, everything that's going on right now? I feel... I want to say I feel bad for Kanye, just but I also feel like this is a, off like another level of his uh, his twisted genius because he's making a lot of noise and I really feel like an album, some music is getting ready to come behind all of this. So I don't, I'm not discrediting the fact that he is suffering from uh, mental illness. Uh, I think they said he's been diagnosed with bipolar. If I'm if I'm saying it correctly, or manic depression. Um, But I just, I honestly think some music is getting ready to come behind all of the the hoopla that he's made, talking about uh, Harriet Tubman didn't free slaves. Like, what Yeah. Yeah. So for those who don't know, um, Kanye West is running for president of the United States right now. 
He's also going through uh, a lot of mental health issues and uh, his family issues as well. And we've all seen kind of how the media, you know, portrays Kanye and kind of amplifies a lot of things. So, um, goodness, uh, even with his wife, did, did anybody see uh, Kim Kardashian's response to all of this? Yes. I saw, yeah, I saw. Okay. I saw part. So, oh, let me pull this up. So Kim Kardashian is is pretty much saying that, uh, calling for a lot of compassion from everybody who's looking at these headlines and saying that, you know, you you don't really know how things are at home because she doesn't, you know, really talk about it. And um, I think it's great that, you know, as a wife, she's she's not really playing into kind of what everybody's saying and saying, well, let's take a step back and like actually care for this man. how do y'all feel about that? I, I totally disagree. So here's what I see, right? I know okay. that he's, what I think society likes to do is when someone is different than everyone else, they want to label them with like a disease or an illness. I don't think Kanye is ill. I think Kanye is just different. And he just thinks, he thinks on a totally different wavelength. And they want to call it bipolar. They want to diagnose him with whatever mm-hmm. it is. The man is, he's not crazy. Like think about everything that he's done to this point. You don't become a billionaire by accident. You don't become a billionaire because you're, you're sick in the mind. This guy just thinks on a different wavelength from everything he's done. Music, rap music didn't sound like that when he first started. Now he has touched every, any genre of music, he's influenced it in some way, some fashion, some form. Think about fashion. People did not dress like the way we do now. Kanye, he is the originator of all of that. So he's different. What I think Kim is doing, she's playing a PR game. So she's very smart highly intelligent person. And she's saying, hey, everyone, just show compassion to Kanye. But what she's doing is she's still labeling him as an other, which is what she's doing to him in his own family. Like, they're, I know they're Armenian, but they're basically a white family. But essentially, they're, they're creating this division. We're, we're normal, we're like this. Kanye, he's like that, he's different, he's an other. And so you guys just need to just kind of understand that he's different than us instead of embracing who he actually is and saying, hey, he's, he's thinking differently, but he is actually just like us. And if you just pay attention to the core of his message, then he's actually not sounding crazy. Did you guys listen to the rally? The South Carolina rally? I didn't listen I, to the Not the whole thing. Just I the watched some of it and it was like uncomfortable. Well, like, yeah, so, it, was like really a lot of it was uncomfortable for me. It was in, incoherent, a lot of rambling. But if you really like, and I'm biased because I love Kanye, but if you really listen to Me the too. core, you listen to the core, some of the things he was saying is not that crazy. He, he wants to give money to people, to mothers, when they feel like their only option is to have an abortion because they're, they're not financially stable to take care of a child. I know he said a million dollars, but I don't think people are just getting hung up on the dollar amount, but why not give the option? He didn't say we shouldn't have abortion. He actually said, hey, I understand if someone would be raped or that, that it's just not a, not a child that they, could, that they could bear. And he says we should still have abortion available. But for those who think that they can't just because of financial reasons, let's put money in their pocket. I think that's, a, I think that's definitely a good message. I think that's a good option for people. Um, and I think essentially what he wants to do is he wants to help people. And what people take away are like the kind of the hot takes, like the Harriet Tubman. Like, I'm not really sure what he was trying to get at with that. Um, you know, the crying, 
you know, talking about the abortion. And even that is like, is that really such a bad thing? He was crying because he didn't want to abort his daughter or he was felt guilty about thinking about it. He didn't actually abort his daughter. A man can feel guilty about having those thoughts. And I'm sure, sure everyone in, who's had a baby first thought. When, I, when, my, when my wife was pregnant, I never thought about abortion, but I wasn't like, oh, yes, I'm about to have a kid. I was like, fuck, what does that mean? You know, there, mm-hmm. And you have all these kind of different emotions when you, right. when you learn that you're going to have a kid. It's not always like, oh, my God, it's the greatest moment. So it's okay to have negative thoughts and then just say, hey, I'm just like you guys. I also had conflicting ideas when I found out, but that's just my take. I, I'm just not a big fan of creating Kanye and putting him in like this other kind of category. I think people just need to respect. You're definitely being biased, Eddie. You're definitely, yeah. <laughs> you're definitely, and I'm only saying this because I have a very close relative who suffers from bipolar manic depression. Okay. Some of the things does that, you know, they say to me makes a little bit of sense and you can find some compassion you can like, or a level of relatability to it. But it, it goes from different levels, which the manic part comes in. So like the tears, the the lack of, oh, the people don't understand. So there's, I just feel like, no, there's something definitely not right. Not that um, he, he could not have had a level of success and still suffer from uh, mental illness. I mean, they're different, they're different levels to it. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not claiming to know everything, but I just, don't think that Kanye's elevator is going all the way to the top. Not to discredit mm-hmm. his level of genius or uh, the, his his impact that he has had on the world, on hip hop, on fashion, and it just the culture itself. I'm not taking that. We can't take that away from him because he is a creative genius um, in every sense of the word. Um, but he should not be trying to run for president. I think or using um, or using that platform to you know say these things because that's not necessarily he can do so much. I think he could do so much more and help so much more people if he if he's just you know just thinking straight and he said okay I can use this platform to do all this or this platform to say these things this platform to you know express these emotions or I just have people that love me so that I can express express these too. So it's not like all out there. Sorry to interrupt. How, Chuck, how can, no, no, no. How can we tell a man that, hey, you should do it like this because we're used to it like this when he's made an entire career out of doing things completely against the grain. If he listened to everyone that told him, hey, you should make music like this or you should make fashion like this, where would he be? The fact that he's always done it. And I think the way he's running for president is actually ingenious if you think about it. How, many, how much more American royalty do you really want to see? Do you want to see a Clinton in office? Do you want to see another Kennedy? Do you want to see another Bush? Do you want to see the same people over and over again? So if you have no. someone like Kanye for president, yeah, you're not going to get someone who's presidential. You're going to get someone who is completely different and is not going to be prepared, have prepared speeches, is going to have 2020 you know, cut into his hair. You're going to have a completely different dynamic. And honestly, why not? Why can't we have that? I want to know. Not, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready nah. for that. I'm, no. I'm not. I, don't <laughs> I, I don't think I ever, like, I don't ever want another, like, like, celebrity like that in that, in that, like, in that type of, that type of space. Mm-hmm. Like, I need somebody, you know, that's going to fight for me. It's not going to let their emotions get in the way or, like, I need somebody who can eloquently speak to people, eloquently fight for me, you know? I don't, I don't, I, I disagree. 
I don't want Kanye as president. Me, yeah, I, don't, I, I yeah, love I him. I love him. A fan from the beginning, a fan from the jump. Believe mm-hmm. me, he's not my well, president. For me, it's yeah. like it's not just about Kanye being president. What what happens is he breaks the mold. So it's just like right now we get the same type of president year in and year out. Obama is different. That that social progress that is something that's special. So. All politicians, whoever the president is, once they get into the office, they're bought. They're going to become corrupt. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Trump. I don't care if you're Obama, Bush, Clinton. They all get bought in the end. But what happens is if someone different gets to become president, then it, it opens the door for the right person, a different, different type of person to come in. So Trump becoming president, a, a celebrity, a reality star becomes president. That opens the door for someone like Kanye to say, I'm going to run. Kanye wins. That opens the door for a YouTube star to run. That opens the door for a podcaster to run. That opens the door for normal, everyday people to start to run. And you don't have to be a Clinton, a Bush, a Kennedy, a Trump to run for president. Well, Donald Trump, Trump isn't a celebrity to be president. Ronald that? Reagan was a celebrity. Yeah, Ronald Reagan was a celebrity. Yeah, absolutely. So those are you're going to have that social progress over time. Just one president doesn't just change everything. You have to have you have to like systematically have that progress and then different types of people become president. I'm just not ready. I think that, I think that, you know, first off KP, I thought you introduced him really good. I, I and, and the way you introduced this topic was not, you know, you come crazy Kanye. Like I would have <laughs> thought he would have done, you know what I'm saying? Oh no. And, Cause I don't feel like that. Yeah. 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 And, I, and, and Eddie, I get what you're saying as far as him, you know, he is a G, but you know, I think most geniuses are borderline insane. I in think most cases. that term around a little bit too loosely calling people geniuses. Like we make a genius about everything. If somebody if somebody make a whole lot of money, I'll say, oh, he's a genius. No, 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 no. See, I don't say this before, before yeah. the money. I think he's a genius because of his level of intelligence when it comes to music. If you look at his catalog and the things that he's done musically, that stuff is is genius because it's next level. That's what gives me, you know, that term is, it is thrown around loosely, but I think that to be a musical genius, you have to be next level and you have to be leading in that area. You can't just be like, you, you got to kind of be like the Pied Piper of sorts mm-hmm. of music. And that's what he is. He's, he's an innovator. He's always first at doing this stuff. Now, I ain't, now, now I, this, this music now, I'm not checking for it. I'm, I don't want, I don't. He ain't even writing his own lyrics. I hear genius. I, I'm I'm lost. Wait, he's writing. You don't have, remember uh, the author. Uh, yeah, he writes some of them. He writes some of them. He can't even write three lines. Genius. That's that's the yeah, thing. That's what I'm saying. Like a no. lot of a lot of people. Puff to me is a genius. Puff don't write nothing. No, play nothing. But he knows how to construct a song. You know what I'm saying? He knows how to construct hits. Whether he's actually doing all the actual work, he does it. When the last he time Puff constructed a hit? It's been a while. Oh, okay. it's been a while. You see what I'm saying? You're throwing the term being, around too loosely. But, but no, but, but the reason they being is credit the work that he's no. done. No, no, no. I'm not discrediting he's the work he's done. done at all. Now he's on all the things. We throwing around the term genius way too loosely. The man. No, is, it's only a few. He's, he's great at what he does, but come on. If you're a genius, you're doing all of your stuff. Prince, genius. Kanye, no, 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 no. Not so much. Nah, I disagree. I think that now I do think Prince is a genius, but yeah, 100%. um, I, I don't think you have to be doing it all to be a genius. I think that you just have to um actually be the one that's constructing it. And, and 
like I said, your time marks your genius. I don't think it's playing everything that makes you that. It can be other stuff too. What's up, little Mike? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's um like I said, I don't I don't use that term much. The only time I'll use it, like I said, the only reason I say because Eight Oh Eight and Heartbreaks, for example, that album came out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and it was it was brilliant. That was I mean, you can't get more brilliant than that. Now, like I said, this new stuff, I ain't really, I'm not really feeling, you know, most of this new stuff. But, yeah, that, stuff like that, it's okay. like, come on, man. I think it's safe to say that Kanye's had a huge impact and influence over the rap and hip-hop culture, again, the fashion industry. And so this is why we Who is dressing like Kanye? We're, okay, everybody. Like currently? It's a, it's a lot of people. It's a everybody. lot of people now. I don't see y'all wearing. I don't see y'all wearing crazy sweaters with holes in them and stuff like. I ain't mm-hmm. seen none of y'all wearing it. So I'm saying, like, where are these people at? Because I ain't think about the shoe sales. They use easy shoe yeah. sales. It, it rivaled at- Jordan. I mean, that's an amazing accomplishment. And well, he's he not even the only the thing man. is shoes. Who's wearing Kanye's clothes? How many of y'all got a piece of clothing from Kanye? None. Exactly. It's not about just his clothing, though. If you look at Vetmont, you look at um, Off White. All of those are iterations of of what Kanye was trying yeah. to, and what he was doing. I mean, they're, they're all influenced. If you were to talk to all the fashion designers, they would say that they were influenced by him. I would, I would say so. I think they would not disagree with that. Who's wearing off white? I, I don't know nobody wearing off white. Um, I got some off white. Off white is up there. Yeah, off white is definitely. I ain't, I ain't never seen nobody wearing off white. Because they, I got some off white. It ain't for everybody. So, like, off white is everywhere. Yeah, everybody can't. The person that was the creative director for Kanye West is now the creative director at Louis Vuitton. I think that's Virgil. A coincidence. Virgil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, Kanye West, he's, he's been speaking out a lot. Um, he's been tweeting a lot, uh, fortunately and kind of unfortunately. Did y'all see the tweets about him trying to divorce Kim Kardashian after him, her meeting Meek Mill, I believe at a prison reform thing a couple of years back? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I saw that. So basically she was trying to say, I mean, it, it seems like he was trying to say something happened. Like that meeting was inappropriate and like some inappropriate things went on. So that's yeah. kind of... Did you see Meek's response? He said it was Cap. Oh, really? He did. Well, of course he would. That's true. Yeah, of course he would. I think... I, I, I wasn't in the room, but like, just because you have a meeting, does it mean something had to happen? It was an entanglement, y'all. Come on. No. Yeah, I, feel, I was know what, say, what he got himself uh, into. He married someone who got famous off of a sex tape. I mean, how many yeah. new photograph magazine covers has she done? Like, I think, you know, I'm a Kim fan as well, but you know what you're getting yourself into when you ask that person to marry you, I feel like. It comes with the territory. Yeah, you, I agree with that. Hmm. I was going to say, though, but yeah, that, yeah. Well, it, it, he I put mean, a lot of stuff out there, though. That, that's that, he put a lot out there. What were you gonna say, Brandon? I was gonna say I feel like we discredit. Don't let don't knock Kim and her. She got famous off the sex tape, but it's the, the way that she branded herself after the sex tape. 
Oh yeah, no doubt. By marrying Kanye West, I mean that that just took her to the whole. <laughs> wait, was wait, wait, wait! Was Kim was Kim already? Kim was already Kim. on before Kanye. Yeah, Kim was she on was, already, but she wasn't yeah. being invited to Met Gala. She wasn't. She wasn't going to be on the cover of Vogue. She was on the cover of Playboy. Like she was a reality star. She was an A-list reality star. But it, mm-hmm. Kanye legitimized her celebrity, and that's when her brand just went on a totally different level. Yeah, you got a point there, Eddie. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> it's all like men are playboy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't keep up with them like that. So I I, I mean I, I, I wouldn't be able to speak like to that. 2012. I yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's when I fell off of the Kardashian bandwagon. I'm like, all right, girl, you can't be looking at TV with your life. I think it's impressive, yeah. like what Kim has done, if you think about it, she's become uh, she's either close to being a billionaire, her little sister's a billionaire. They're all multi, multi, multi millionaires. I mean, to be able to do that, like we're just talking about, hey, we, we're driven for a family. And I think she's a family woman for sure because she put every single person on. It's just unfortunate yeah. that the men that become entangled in their lives get just turned, you know, they just get... Something ostrac- happens. Something happens every yeah. single one. We, can, we cannot deny that something happens. Even the brother. <laughs> so. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, the brother too. I mean, he out in the streets too. I like um, the way, I like the way you use that entangled word. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. So then, would y'all? So then, Eddie, uh, let me ask you this: Would you vote? Would you vote for Kanye? Or are you voting for Kanye twenty twenty? So when I listened to the rally, that to me, I was so when he said he was going to run, I was so excited for it because what I thought we were going to get was we were going to get something poignant. I thought we were going to get something like his album, like his album, like his album promo run, like whole concept, you know, everything mm. just meticulously like placed and we were going to get this clear cut message and I was excited for it. But when I saw the rally, I felt like he's not prepared to do it. Like where was his ghostwriters? No. Uh, he uses ghostwriters for his albums. Where was the ghostwriters for the speech? And I felt like he, I felt like he's not, not putting in the effort that it takes to become president. Cause it's obviously not easy to become president. I think he, kind of right. under, underestimating what it takes. And so I've, I'm not convinced to vote for him now. Could I be convinced to? I absolutely could, because I'm such a diehard Kanye stan. Um, but after watching the rally, that's not someone I would vote for at this point. But who am I going to vote love, for? I've never voted before. Oh, wow. Oh, really? I was going to say, I love, your, okay. I love your optimism, though, because I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think there's any circumstances that I would vote for Kanye. Um, I just think he needs a, um, I think he needs a, um, a OG. That's what Kanye is missing. He doesn't have guidance since his mom passed away, you know, rest in peace. He doesn't have the guidance. And that's kind of what hurt him and changed him. And it may have enhanced all those um, bipolar disorder traits and all that stuff. When his mom passed away, I don't think he ever recovered. And it's just... I totally you know, agree with I, I that. Know. I feel like someone like Kanye we just talked about, he's never going to listen to anybody, but the one person he would listen to is his mom, who's not here anymore. Mm. So I right. think he doesn't need an OG too, but who is he going to listen to? He's not going to listen to anyone. He doesn't listen to yeah. Jay. He's not, who, who is going to be able to say, hey, Kanye, you should do it like this. He's going to be like, okay, I will. Like, well, no, he's been nobody. reconnecting with uh, he's been reconnecting with a lot of friends. So like Dave Chappelle, I believe, flew out to see him. Um, he was hanging out with Dame Dash. Uh, I think today. <laughs> uh, 
So, I mean, I, I think it's good that he's, he is reconnecting with people, but Shelton, I, I do agree. I mean, he needs like somebody to straight up look up to um, or just to just guide him. Like who's going to, who's going to, who's going to guide him. Right. A therapist. He like an old, an old, yeah, that too. He needs an older, wise person. Like, you know, that really just is level-headed and re- he really needs a stable level person. Maybe not even a person that's in the industry. Maybe just a person. Jay-Z to the rescue. Yeah, I think that relationship is tarnished. Yeah. And then he needs, like I said, he, they, they probably need to be older and wiser. You know, like a father figure almost. So that's what I'm thinking. He needs that person that's mm. kind of up there in stature. Who is a person like Kanye going to trust at this point, though? Because yeah. who's going to actually be for Kanye? You know, always, there's always going to be uh, an agenda to be close to Kanye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So I guess, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know who that person could be. It could be Ed Milet, right? I think that's the one I'm talking about. Let me Google it. I don't feel like there's nothing to be worried about. This is what he's done. When has he not been this way? You're right. There's nothing new that surprises me with Kanye at this point. I mean, he's been successful in everything he ever does. So Mm -hmm. even throughout the crazy statements, he always, he makes it through. It's like, you know, he, he walked, he liked that cartoon character. I don't know if you ever saw it, but the one that almost gets hit and walks across the street, just that's Kanye. He's he going to make it across without, he's going to almost get, you know, knocked mm-hmm. off, but every now and again, he's, you know, somebody, something is just guiding him through. But I, there's like limited I said, number. I, I don't know. And there's an album coming out on Friday, you guys. I mean, could it be that this is all just part of how he does things? Again, I see. I, that was what I said in the beginning. That's what you said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's always something coming behind his antics. Always. So. There's a movie. There's an album. There's the cartoon show. I mean, this is how he makes noise. As a fan, I'm conflicted. I'm, 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 I'm heavily conflicted, and I just need him to be loved. If Kanye was obedient, and if he was a Kanye, like he said in his last last song, would we mm-hmm. would we gravitate towards that? If he was obedient and did things the way everyone does things, I'm I not think. gravitating towards him like losing it out there in front of everybody, like and embarrassing his family, making these types of statements. I'm not. I'm not for that. Like, is he? I don't. I don't know if he's. I don't really see it as falling apart. He just did a deal with Gap. You know, he just saved a, a, a long-standing Fortune 500 company. Uh, inside. Not inside. outside, bro. Inside. I, why but would you need to talk to a therapist? He's still creating inside. If he was broken inside, would he continue to make all this art? I mean, yes, I think so. That's how you I speak think so. as an artist. Yes. That's how you speak. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's his like my lowest moments. At my lowest, lowest, lowest moments, I'm playing the piano. I'm creating. When I can't, when I feel like I can't talk to anybody, I fall on my art. That's probably your best time. Your best music probably. Comes I agree with that. that. I agree yeah. with that. So maybe that's the sacrifice he makes for every for for all of his fans, for all the people that he does things for. You know, if you're if you're filled with that much talent, I mean, and you, it takes you. 
you have to get to that deep dark place to make you the best music you can make the big to make the best art you can make i mean as an artist would you want to be happy and never be able to make art again kp <laughs> no but that's like that's that's just the part that that that's amazing and also like sucks about art like i don't i don't want to have to feel like how I feel to be great. I, I, I don't think those should be mutually. Um, but you just said that's when you make the best music, right? And don't you find it to be therapeutic? Yeah, but I don't want to put myself through a bunch of shit. To, to you're not to putting it yourself. It's just, it's a natural progression, right? That's, and if you're making the best music when you're at that time and you, and you use it as therapy to get through that rough patch, like, isn't it just like a natural cycle then? rather than yeah happy and not being able to do that well i think it, it i think it comes down to balance I, I think you're bringing up a great point and for me it, it comes down to balance because i'm not i'm never gonna always be happy but there are healthy ways to to do things mm -hmm. um and there's a healthy way to ex express yourself i i believe um and just remembering that and sticking to those devices that you have for yourself i, I think is, is is just what's needed but could he make dark fantasy if he wasn't in that really, really dark space? You know, could he make 808 and heartbreaks if he didn't have that, that type of heartbreak? Like, I think, I think it requires that level of wherever his emotion goes to for him to make that music. And we get to, we get to kind of enjoy, you know, his, the way he, he uses his music for his therapy. I don't feel bad for him. I think as an artist, that's, that's who you are. It's what you do. It's not, it's nothing new. Like Van Gogh cut off his own ear, right? It's just, it's when you're, when you're that type of artist and you're that deep into your art and it's just a part of who you are, there is no like, oh, balance. It's just always going to be, you're always going to try to make great art and that great art comes from some place. True, I agree. but like, but then your favorite people, about it, your favorite about people it. are in the ground. You're right. He has a family, and like, I don't want my my favorite artist to to just die like that, like that. Like, I think you should have some level of happiness. Like, you should you should be able to. You so could, let, me, you, let me get my you words. Could be able to, but you you can't. You, you could you also writer. A lot of times, I try to write from the place of the artist that we're working with. So that you can get that same feel. You can still you can still do it. You just have to take the experiences that you've not only been through, but that the people that you may be working with have been through too. So I could write a song technically about Brandy and her day. You know what I'm saying? It, it ain't wasn't my day, but I could write a song for about Brandy, just like the the songs we write for females now, like. We writing it from a, a feminine perspective, and it's stuff that I may have not ever been through, but it's from for her. So he could have done the same thing for himself. Like, let me create this. I don't this think it works thing. for people like that. I mean, if you think about just all the, the the just generationally great artists we've ever had, they all have a they all come from a really dark space. You think about Mozart; he was an absolute alcoholic. He could barely take care of himself. Um, mm -hmm. I mentioned Van Gogh. He cut off his own ear. Uh, name another artist that that people universally 
consider a genius and not loosely consider a genius, but matter of fact, consider a genius. R. Kelly. R. Kelly. Yeah, no, but you know what's funny is I, what I feel about that, you know, coming There's from the music There's nothing funny side. about R. Kelly, Shelton. No, no, no. That is true. That's not funny. But what I find interesting about it is, <laughs> is that I feel like part of their genius causes them to do, to act out. That's why a lot of these artists that are on that level, like I've always thought of Rick James as a genius, for example. I really do think James Rick is a genius. Is, he's definitely a genius. He's yeah. a genius. Rick James had drug problems. He had problems with all this other extra all kinds stuff. Of problems. It's just like Richard Pryor. They, their mind works so much. Their mind is at like it's shooting all this stuff in overdrive that they have to calm this stuff that's going on. They can't control it. So they use other advices and other things outside of the norm to get cocaine does, doesn't calm the mind. It speeds it up. That's well, what, a terrible example. Well, it's not just well, what I was saying is the entire yeah, Right. And, and also it's not just to calm them. They're not trying to calm themselves. Most of them just trying to, Think about something else, just get to another space. Because that thing, you know, a lot of musicians, and that's how I know I'm not a genius, because I don't hear music in my head at all times. But a lot really? of them that I know, yeah, I don't. Not all the time. I, I'll have melodies, mm. but I ain't always, I don't, I, I know I ain't a genius, put it that way. But some of these mm. people, they, they're always music, 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 music. And they, they can't get a break. So that's what they use it for. So it's, with Kanye, you know, the bipolar thing, Part of his genius is that, because I'm sure he hears, just like people say they hear voices, he hears music all day. He don't hear nothing else. So I'm sure he, you know, he, he's a little off from that. But, you know, it is what it is. And I think that, I think that even, like I said, even without, some people write good music and can make good music, even though they haven't been through the worst of things. But there is a change for some, I'll put it that way. You notice how some people, when they get on, they get successful. That music does change because their lifestyle changes. So it's yeah. not the same thing. We can't so, just want what we want for others. You know, one thing I've learned in life is you're never ever going to be able to control another human being. You're not going to be able to control your wife. You're not going to be able to control your kid. You know, their life is their life, and how they choose to live it is how they choose to live it. Um, and I really just don't see, I don't see Kanye as like, I feel sorry for you. I don't feel like that at all. I think he's doing amazing things each and every day. And I think he finds a lot of satisfaction. And I mean, you can tell just by the way he talks about himself. Right. I think he, I think he has, what's funny is I think he's similar to how we talked about earlier. He's always reaching to try to, to get to the next level. I think he's always trying to prove something. That's what I feel about him. I think he's I always, he, he, he knows he's misunderstood and he's always trying to be like, I'm going to show y'all. That's his, that's, that, that seems like to be his mentality to me every single day he wakes up. It's like, I did all this stuff. Well, first off, when he first started, he was trying to get to a point like nobody believes in me, so I'm going to prove it to you. Yeah. Now that he's there, he's like, nobody listens to me, so I'm going to show you. So he's always trying to reach to try to get higher. And I don't think he's ever going to get where he's really trying to go. I don't think there don't is think an end goal. I think it's mm -hmm. there's, there's always, you can always get better. You can always do more. You can always, you know, you can always have a new goal. If you don't have a new goal, then what's the point? 
Right. I feel like that's why I said I, I kind of feel bad for him though, because he is so misunderstood in that um when you have like a PR family surrounded by you, you could feel excluded um from like a level of comfort. So that's why I feel bad for him because it's like and then mm-hmm. in, on top of having a PR family, then you have the media and the public also scrutinizing you. So it's like oh, nobody always gets me. Kanye need a hug. He needs a good old. I one hundred percent agree with that, but it's also that's the life he chose. Yeah. yeah, it comes with the territory. He wants to be the biggest artist in the world. Well, becoming the biggest artist in the world comes with all kinds of pitfalls. So yeah, it comes with the fame and the money and and the access, the power. But you know, with all the good things comes all the bad things too. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, he's. No Kanye 2020, but 2021, 2020. Yeah, yeah no Kanye. So, so, so y'all think Kanye sold his soul? <laughs> Who? Kanye. Uh, I, I think he's, or I definitely, I definitely think he has, he has had moments where if he looked back, he would say, I sold my soul on that one. Yeah. I would say that. Because reaching that far, like, that That's far, like, celebrities. Yeah. No, I think when you say say you sell your soul, it takes away from all of, of what he's accomplished. I think that really is kind of disrespectful to everything that he's achieved. I think he worked for it. Like from someone who the hard work that I put in, it's to me, it's not even it's it's like a speck of dust compared to what someone like Kanye has done. And I think it's just I don't think it's right to say that he he became that successful because he sold his soul. He became that successful because he worked very hard. He was a very driven person. And anyone that's reached that kind of success, like it doesn't happen by luck. It doesn't happen because you sold out. It it happens because you put in work. You know, I feel like we have two kind of different um, definitions of what like selling your soul is like, or at least for me, uh i like i believe you're selling your soul if you don't like completely agree with what you're doing and i do not think he's agreed with every decision that he's made like 100 percent along the way i'm not i don't say that to take away from anything because he's done great things he's doing great things um he's just an amazing person i don't think that he'll look at back at every decision and say oh i was i was on board with that or i felt like morally that's different everyone with regrets we all have regrets we all have decisions that we made that we didn't you know we wish morally like, like just like morally like uh this doesn't feel right mm. i i just i just i just think that he's had those moments me personally well outside of recent events like at what point would he have sold his soul you well, know we don't, we don't know him to even be able to make that judgment like yeah because i mean it, like i think he works really hard i just think he's mm-hmm. you know like if you in the entertainment industry you have sold something to get to where you are period just like people meeting producers in hotel rooms like you know what's about to go down because you're trying to get to a certain place the same thing happens in music it may not happen as prevalent in other industries but it definitely happens i think doing things like i don't know i think everyone has skeletons in their closet i don't care who you are what you do i think everyone has done something that they would never ever say out loud but you, know? you that's selling your soul. You know what I'm saying? Like, but if you say that, then everyone sold their soul. I'm sure that we've all done something. Not necessarily. Not to say out loud. 
Like, okay, for example, I was trying to intern at a radio station here, me and a friend of, uh, and a friend of mine, and we were there, and we saw one of the radio hosts sucking dick in the broom closet. Oh, wow. By the production director. So, no, nah, this ain't for me. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't need this job that bad. Wow. You know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm yeah. good on that. If that's what I got to do to get somewhere, then no, nah, I'm not doing that. But there are people who do that. And that is selling your soul so to that's try just and one, That's just one... That's just one example. I mean, but it might be something else one example, that you might do. It happens a lot. Sure, but it's just, it's just one example. I'm sure there's something that someone might be able to offer you one day where you're like, man, I don't know if I should do this. It might not be sucking dick, but <laughs> maybe sucking your boss's wife. I don't know what it is. It may be something that might entice you and that you shouldn't do it, but they're like, hey, you're about to make $100 million if you fuck this bitch right now. And it's mm. like, hmm. Maybe you might. Maybe you might. You don't know. You've never been in that situation. So everyone, it's it's really hard to judge someone like based on, and then morals too. It's just like that's so subjective. It really just depends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's if it's a hundred million dollars tied, if it's a hundred million dollars tied to her box, she got AIDS, bro. That's that's what that is. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying I don't put anything. You'll be past rich, but you got AIDS. Like uh, I don't put anything past anybody. Like. You're right. I don't know, so I'm not gonna say he didn't sell his soul, but I'm but I'm pretty sure there there's been moments like that. I, I would be a fool mm-hmm. to think to think not knowing how the industry is, like how shady, how slimy the shit is, yeah, and can be. Mm. Okay, so what I'm trying to say though is I'm not saying that that didn't happen or it did happen. I'm saying everyone have will have a moment in their life where they where you're never going to talk about it. We'll never know because no one on this panel will ever talk about that moment. We're like, Hey, maybe I should have done that. It might not be sucking someone's dick, but I mean, I'm sure if you really think back on your life, it's like, man, maybe I shouldn't have done that, you know, cause that's not who I am. And you're going to live with that regret, but that doesn't define you. Or I don't think it means you sold your soul. It just means that, you know, you, you made a decision that you regret and you learned from that decision. That one's a really tough one. I, I just, I don't know. To just judge someone, like, we don't even know him. We don't even, we're talking about a totally hypothetical um, yeah. moral corruption as well. So it's really hard to even talk about it or give examples about it because we have no idea. Like, we can always, we can say, yeah, he's in the entertainment industry. So I'm sure he's done something that we wouldn't agree with or that he's regret. But you could say that literally about anybody. That's a very, that's very attorney of you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, but let me, let me ask you this, because this this is actually a really good, uh, well, well, I don't know. I think this is a really good conversation. So what is like selling your soul to you, like for you? Selling your soul to me. Um, I mean, selling your soul, what would it be? Like something, if you were to do something like, if you were to do something that you're willing to like hurt people that, that you love, or you're willing to do something against your, you know, against your standard, you know, for money or hmm. for power or some type of gain that's not in your character, I would say, I would say you've sold your soul at that point, you know? Um, okay. But I don't know. 
if, if I really think about something I've done in the past, like I'm not going to share it with you guys, you know, but everyone's got so, you know what I'm everyone. You will, you will, if you come back next week, you'll share. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do something just for gain, for your own personal gain at, at the, at the, at the harm of someone else, especially someone close to you, I think that I would consider that to be, you know, selling out for sure. Or selling mm. so. You know, that is so deep that I think we need to take a break and pay some bills. We will be right back. Black Korea, everybody. Hey. Welcome back to Black Korea. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Dead End Hip Hop once again. Thank you so much for allowing us to use your platform so we can grow as well. And this is everybody's favorite part of the show. One's gotta, One's go. gotta go. Hey. So, Eddie, I don't know if you're familiar with One's Gotta Go, but it's pretty self-explanatory. So we give, um, we have a topic, and then we give four bullets under that topic, and one of those things has to go. I think that makes sense, yeah. Intuitively, I, I get it. All right, for sure. <laughs> you got it. You, you better do law school. You, you, you got it. You're good. Um, one's Gotta Go, Kanye albums. Number one is graduation. Two is the college dropout. Three, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Four eight oh eight and heartbreak. At, at, at first, it was so easy for me. I was like, ah, oh, uh, the twisted, my twisted dark fantasy. Gotta go. No, but then I went to. I had to play the albums again. I was like, dang, like this was all. This is like the summer I turned twenty one. So like, I was lit that summer. <laughs> hot girl summer. Hot girl summer. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh man, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna go with uh, mm. college dropout. Oh, gotta go! Ooh, Jesus, what? That's the first one. <laughs> Jesus, what? Slow jams. <sighs> I mean, it's so hard. I got a light skin friend look like Michael Jackson. <laughs> Got a dark skin friend like Michael Ruby Jackson. Wire. That's how he was introduced to us. I know. Why all falls down? <laughs> all falls I know, but like down. graduation was Grammy so family. Look at Mike. He's like, I don't give a fuck about Kanye. They can all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, okay. 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 No, no, that's no, that's your answer. That's your no, answer. That's we, just your, like your answer. Your we just don't like it. We just don't like it. Truth. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm thinking. Um, Let's get rid of graduation. I'm gonna keep college dropout. Graduation. That's my final answer. Graduation gotta go. Graduation. Graduation. Gotta go. Graduation gotta go. That's my final answer. <laughs> For real. <laughs> my final answer. All right. What about you, Shelton? What's your answer? Mine is twisted dark fantasy and uh, the reason why why because just i mean i don't get me wrong i love that album i do it's just i love the others graduation is was a period in my life where i was i was working at Foot Locker at the time and i would listen to this album from beginning to end every single day so i just loved it i mean i played it over the store speakers so mm -hmm. i played this album maybe three times a day so i love graduation college dropout is where it started through the wire is one of my favorite songs of all time so i love that 808s and heartbreak to me, being an R&B cat, you know what I'm saying? A bit. It's just, it's just great music. It was just a great time. And like I said, Twisted Dark Fantasy was next level, but I still just can't put it above the other ones. 
and, and if you did, I ain't mad at you because all of them were good. I got a lot to say. Got a lot to say, Mike. Mike, what you what you what you got for us? Eight oh eight and heartbreaks. What? I knew you were gonna say that. That was trash. He said he didn't like it in the beginning. <laughs> he joking though, Mike. You gotta no, be joking. Man. I ain't. I ain't never like that one. Really? Yeah. They had some hits on it too. Now it's different. I can understand why people don't like it. It's different. Yeah, that's. Anyways, the heartbreak to me is on on Dre, um, Love Below level, to me. So I'm taking yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say that too. I'll, I'll, I'll say that now, too. That's, I, that's good. I wouldn't. I, wouldn't it be? I wouldn't say it's all the way there, but it's right there with Love Below. Shell, you need a nap. <laughs> I know I'm not alone in thinking this. Okay, all right, Eddie. I have a lot to say, but I know you're a huge fan too. Uh, do you want me to go first and you close us out on this, or? Oh, I'll go or... ahead and close it out as the host. Oh, you got a lot. Okay. To say. I have too much to say. Um, I just feel like, for me, it's definitely got to be graduation. We were talking about selling your soul. I would say that's the album where he sold his soul. Like, like one song, Homecoming. Um, mm-hmm. That was the original. Had so much soul. It had a soul sample to it. It was a beautiful song, and I felt like I could understand where he was coming from. He was painting a picture of like what it was like. And when you put Chris Martin on it from Coldplay and just kind of, <laughs> kind of go poptastic with it, uh, uh, and then you have the—I don't even know the group, but the the stronger, faster, whatever it was. What is that group? That techno. Daft group? Punk. Daft Punk. Daft Punk. Yeah. I felt mm-hmm. like he really kind of like really went pop and like kind of completely deviated from the first two albums and all the soul samples he was using obviously he's gone to do Mm -hmm. crazier different things but that one just was just too top 40 for me so i agree agree. Mm. uh, but i do like flashing lights i think that song was kind of like a precursor to all the cool stuff he started doing later but there was a lot of just kind of i don't know billboard friendly songs to me on that one yeah, Good Life was one of my okay. favorite ones, and that was one of those, too, so I get it. Good Life was very, was extremely top 40, and it took me a minute to kind of, you know, to kind of get into that one. I think Toomp did that. I'm sorry? I said, I think Toomp did that track, so. Oh, DJ Toomp. No, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. I respect your opinion, Eddie, um, because I actually feel the same. Out of all the albums, I think graduation uh would have to go for me um but i want to speak briefly about the other ones like 808s and heartbreaks regardless if you liked it or not it it was a game changer it changed the game um everybody was drop was putting 808s having those like synth pads kind of in their tracks um drake was following i mean drake was following his like his whole sound after 808s and heartbreaks and kind of built him um built started drake's like signature sound bro with 40 and all that so bro it was beautiful my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is um i think is his best produced album um i'm a little i'm a little partial to it because i'm a classical pianist but the string arrangements and um, how everything was arranged it was it was amazing it was beautiful and he hits you from it's like on each album, he still has that those comedic elements in it. And I think it was amazing how he brought Chris Rock in at the end of that song with that rant. <laughs> uh, His moment, for sure. Yeah. College Dropout, 
uh, I don't rank that album because I think that's uh, I think that's a, a classic. I think it's a classic. I put that up there with I'm like with uh, see the college dropout, uh, Jay Z's uh, in my lifetime or, or not. Stillmatic. Yeah, like Stillmatic, like all those. I think that's a classic. It's in its own own thing. Graduation. Um, I don't think the I don't think the production was as great comparatively to other to other albums, and it was a bit top forty ish. Though there are songs that I strongly fuck with, like the whole Daft Punk thing, I loved it as a, as a producer. I mean, I like he or he like the idea of Kanye. I can do this, so I fuck what genre it is. I'm gonna do me and this genre, and I'm gonna like chart like it would t- top the charts. So, mm-hmm. but graduation, mm, I like maybe half of it, and I'll still listen to like maybe half of it. So that's how I feel about it. I still like graduation, but if one has to go, it's that one. Yeah, it's definitely that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Ah. Well. Y'all some Kanye fans for sure. Like I had nothing to say this episode, and I'm a Tammy talk a lot. That's crazy. Yeah, though. Kanye like he his his raps were so good. Like the production was just so good. His sound, it was so it was so different from everybody, but it was so dope and soulful and still kind of struck that nerve with you. Like if you make me want to make beats like you, bro, you the goat. And like I I got so many Kanye type beats on my <laughs> on my laptop, yo. Um I don't know. He's dope. I'm a lifelong fan and I I really hope that. I really hope that he has people around him that, you know, that, that'll love him like how he needs to be to, you know, to kind of bring it all in, bring it all together. Like, please continue to create, or I mean, I, you know, right. I can't tell this man what to do. I can't hope things for other people, but as a fan, I just want him to be okay as he's still creating, doing all these. He things. has his children. I think the, the love of your child, like you, that's irreplaceable. If you have a kid, like it's just something that it's a different kind of bond. And he has that. What did you think about the last album? Did you like the last one? Uh, I tried to get into it. Um, I, I don't. I don't think like I think lyrically. What? Like just uh, say no. I'm gonna say this. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say. <laughs> I'm gonna say no. Like there, no, there are things that I like about it, but I think lyrically, like he's he's just not as locked in as he as as he well, was. He's not writing his own lyrics, right? He's choosing, I, I think he's, he's still, choosing his lyrics. He's choosing them. Yes. He's chew. He's not writing. He's choosing them. I don't know. No, but I think he's still writing. I think he's still writing. Cause there, I don't know. They're, that's that sounds like his stuff sounds so Kanye. It just sounds like that couldn't be anybody else. Yeah, that's, well, that's the thing. Him. When that's, that's the thing about it. Yeah, I, I was gonna say a good writer can write for you, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's writing with someone. Yeah, I, I would sure. say that. I mean, that's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm sure. I like the whole concept, you know, I love that he went for this kind of gospel hip hop album and it didn't sound like, but here's the thing. I always felt like all of Kanye's music had kind of, was, it was always in honor of God. Every one of his albums mm-hmm. had songs like that, Jesus Walks. So I didn't think he had to like do a whole concept like that. I would, I always kind of just always connect the dots in that way. But to me, I'm still trying to get used to it. There's songs that I really like, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, 
even Jesus, like I had to kind of digest that one a little bit. And then, you know, a couple of years later, I went back to it. I was like, oh, this is actually really a dope album. So I'm thinking maybe this yeah. album will be like that. So we'll see. I'm excited for Friday. That the Donda album, I think it's going to be yeah. good. Yeah, Me too. So it's probably going to be like great. Yeah. <laughs> I surely hope so. I surely hope so. Uh, well, we will find it. And Mike looks so uninterested. <laughs> I already said my piece. I already said my piece. <laughs> this one's not his episode. This man organizing his closet. Mike, who do you like? Who do you like? I like all kinds of I like all kinds of music. Well, who's an artist that, that you stand for? Oh, Outcast, no doubt. Oh, Outcast. Oh, definitely. I think they retired too early, man. I feel like they had I thought they had more music to go. I wonder what happened with that. When you, when those, you go out on top, you don't need to make nothing else. Well, I think that, that was a relationship that two people grew apart. Yeah. That's what I think happened with Outkast. Yeah. You know, when you release an album just, like the way they did, like Speaker Box Love Below, they basically were like, hey, we're not together anymore. Right. Right. Outkast is amazing. So do you like it? So mainly like 90s rap? No, I mean, I like a lot of stuff. Are you speaking specifically rap music or? Oh, no. Just it's not to be rap music. Music in general. Who do you like? Who do you stand for? Like, it can't just be one group. It's just got to be like a lot of people that you're into, right? Um, As far as like in a musical debate, yeah, I'm just going to ride with Outkast. I don't really. Everybody else is like whatever. But Oh, that's okay. I'm, I, I respect that. I can understand. I'm with three stacks all the way. He the best of all time. And there's nothing you can do. It's not you can say to make me change my mind about that. <laughs> it ain't nobody okay. better. <laughs> I don't, I think I think a lot of people would agree with you on that, honestly. Well, you from mm-hmm. Atlanta. It's hard, hard. really mm-hmm. hard to argue against that. Uh, New Yorkers will argue against that all day. <laughs> uh, yeah, but see he's just he's Andre's just so different. Well, I always love that about him too. He never ever fell into like a specific category or a rapper supposed to be like this or be like that or sound like this i remember his his video for was it i think it was rosa parks where he just had like like shoulder pads like football helmet shoulder pads on just always kind of out there oh, had yeah. his own style you know it it i'm sure kanye was heavily influenced by him because that's a person that always spoke his mind and marched to his own beat i mean absolute respect for him for sure and like the women in both of their lives really changed their styles and their music. Like Andre had Erica Baidu and then his whole oh, shit yeah. kind of switched up. And then Kanye had, um, you know, Kim and uh, Amber, Rose. Uh, Amber Rose. Yeah. Mike, do you think Big Boy, do you think Big Boy was someone that kind of held Andre back? Do you think Andre could have been more successful by himself? Or do you love Outkast as the duo? Like that? No, I don't. I don't think Big Boy held him back at all. I mean, Big Boy can rap with anybody, but Dre was just on another level. So it doesn't matter who Dre does a song with; he's got the best verse. If Andre goes, let's say Andre and Big Boy never met. I feel like Andre would have been a superstar regardless. Do you feel like Big Boy would also have been a superstar without Andre? Probably not, no. 
Yeah, he'd, he'd probably be more of a regional star, but not. He'd have been, yeah, star. I was going to say, he, he'd have been solid, but he wouldn't have been a star. So then, if that's the case, wouldn't it be that he kind of held Andre back? No, or because they were well together. a different element. He, okay, that's what yeah. I was asking you. Yeah. So that element Cal- is, it's the whole thing. It's the whole Yeah, it was a, the yin to the yang, so to speak. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like basketball. You, you know, you got your stars on your team. You got your role players, but it takes them all to win a championship. They were, they were winning together. That's just how I look at that. I think Outkast is the best mm. rap, rap duo for sure. Like, I don't think there's anyone that can compete with them. I wanted to see, and I hate that we didn't get a chance to see this in our lifetimes, but I wanted Outkast, and they were in talks to do an album with Tribe Called Quest. That would have been amazing. Oh, yeah. Because that, that's the closest thing to them is Tribe. And that would have been cool to see. Because they had the same dynamic. Q-Tip. Fight was amazing mm. to me. He's my mm-hmm. favorite rapper, but but Q-Tip was over the Q-tip? star. Yeah, Fife really? was actually my favorite over Q-Tip. I think the, the gap between Fife and Q-Tip was closer than Dre and Big Boy. Okay, I agree with that for sure. Definitely. I just I just love Fife's flow and I love his his lyrical content. Q-Tip was the man, and he did carry the group. I just love Fife. He he had that star quality about him. Yeah, and that yeah. voice that voice was just so different. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like Beyonce. Oh, <laughs> Beyonce. Is Mike, do you like Beyonce? Do you like Great Night, y'all? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time for me to go to bed. No, <laughs> nah, yeah, Beyonce is cool. I don't have no issue with Beyonce. Cool. That is offensive. <laughs> I mean, cool. I ain't no, I ain't no Beyonce stand or nothing like that. But her music is yeah, real she's good. She's queen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a yeah. creative genius as well. I'm gonna have, have to watch Homecoming again on on Netflix because I've never finished it. I didn't like it. I, I never really? watched it. I think you didn't I finish it because it. it was hard to watch. I mean, yeah, it's a lot going on, man. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a mm-hmm. lot. Her album's about to drop too. The Lion King, oh. what concept album, whatever it is. Is that like a new one? It's okay. Um, but Beyonce just works really hard for her fans. Like she did homecoming for us after having Sir and what's the other one? Rumi. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like Beyonce. But you know, she just she she did at what was it, four months for two hours. Like No, she she works hard. Yeah. Who's your guy? Who's your who do you stand for? Hmm? Who's your goat, KP? Who's your goat? Oh, goat. Um, well, I think my favorite, my favorite rapper of all time, I think would be, uh, uh, honestly, would probably be Lil Wayne. Um, I'm not. Wayne is. Yeah, like all time. I'm not saying that I'm like his. He started new as stuff. a little little kid, so right. he's, got, he's got a catalog. <laughs> but I would say like him and like him and him and Jay Z are like. Uh, are my are my goats like Lil Wayne he just had like a, such a strong impact on me in high school like that's that's undeniable like Jay-Z had a, a huge one too but Lil Wayne I, I can't I can't get around that what about you Drake, is, Drake is number one Drake is number one Drake is number one block boy JB is number two block boy JB is block boy man who is block boy oh, JB <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna send you some, Brandy. Blockboy JV is amazing. Blockboy JV, really? <laughs> Showtime crazy Shoot. now, so that's how I know Shoot. he's sleeping. 
Yeah, right. that's it. <laughs> about Drake and Block Boy JB. I ain't never heard of the new Drake track that dropped over the weekend. They got a song together. I just put the switch. Yeah, that's ain't that Block Boy JB. No, that's uh, that's Travis Scott, I think. What is nah, like, it's, it's, it's just the um, this is the same producer that that be doing Black, Black Boy JB stuff. Drake and Black Boy JB got a song together too. They do. Yeah, I don't even know who that is. So show so he's the greatest. Yo, do you like the new Drake yeah. songs? Go to beat. I uh, like. I like all Drake stuff. Yep. What's your favorite Drake album? Um, dang, that's a good question. See, like, uh, like, no, 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 I'm trying Drake. to think of my favorite. I like them all. I like I, I all of them. Marvin's Room. Take Not an album. That's my favorite album. That's take, take, favorite. Yeah. That's, that's my no, favorite. No, I was trying to think of the, the name of the album with Marvin's Room on it. What's, and then what's the other one? Um, Look Alive is that song. Look Alive is the song they got a lot. Look Alive is the song. Sheldon be out here drinking and driving, see? And drinking and driving. There's nothing wrong with drinking and driving, though. Absolutely. I I vibe with Drake. I like Drake. He's doing my favorite rapper. The one he had, no, seriously, really, it's Drake and Future, though, for real. But in the album that they, yeah, Future is my second, for real. Future. What a Time to Be Alive. Classic. What a time to be Future, alive! Classic. It Future is. was a hit master at, at one point in time. Future has great beats on all his songs. He does and, yeah. and great hooks. Great hooks. Great. Brandy, he speaks directly to the streets. Directly. <laughs> like literally. Okay, so that's why I don't like it. I'm not in the streets. Like yeah, you know. I, I got to be in the streets to understand it. Okay. Well, I don't know because I, I I vibe with Ti Tib. Oh yeah, T.I. I, I like so. Yeah. T.I. doing a lot right now. That's my neighbor. Actually, we have to talk about T.I. next week because T.I. doing a lot. What T.I. do? He does not. Well, he does a lot of wrongs. So I'm not gonna say that, but yeah, he doing a lot right now. Uh, he's T.I. is my neighbor. He's actually one of the nicest people ever. Just really, oh, really? Yeah, really, really cool dude. Down to earth. Okay. Okay. Well, I feel like. This conversation can go on forever. I think we all have a really dope. <laughs> I'm I think we have a Shelton talk right. crazy. <laughs> and like we could chop this up into a whole other episode. Um, look, all right, that was a wonderful episode of Black Korea. I was your host, KP. Your boy Shelton J. It's Brandy Amanda. MD in the background. And our wonderful guest, Eddie Kim. Awesome. We hope to hey. we hope to see you back. And uh, goodness, we'll see y'all next week at Black Korea, y'all. Peace. Peace. Korea, Korea, Korea.